0: I imagine some of you were asking, who is this giant man with the big beard? <laughs> this is Darren Martin. He's a, an old friend of mine. We actually went to Bible college back in the day. Um, we won a basketball championship together. He's been a pastor in uh, many different uh, places. He's a musician in Hamilton. And we're thankful that he's going to be joining us uh, in an interim role to help fill in for Cole, who's gone on a bit of a parental leave for the next three months. So uh, I'd just like to welcome Darren and really excited to have him. And... Uh, if you have any questions about worship or such, make sure you come and ask him, and he'll be the person to get in touch with. So, thank you, Darren. I was going to start off by asking how many people have Facebook, and I imagine most people's hands will go up. Um, and then I was thinking of asking how many people don't have Facebook. But I don't want to give you that pleasure, because you're probably really snide this week. You're probably feeling pretty good about yourselves. If you haven't been following what's happening, this week there's been some trouble for Facebook. Um, the first thing that happened was there was some information that came out about Cambridge Analytica, uh, this is a, actually a young uh, Ontario boy, actually, who ended up growing uh, into uh, quite the um, businessman. He has a, a company called Cambridge Analytica that um, is basically uh, coming forward the, the, with the reality that they were using uh, the data from our Facebook accounts in the uh, American election and targeting. They had, uh, I think, t- over 250 million kind of profiles. And then they, they narrowed it down to 50 million Uh, users, and they had over 5,000 data points on each of them. A data point isn't like one email, two emails. A data point is like something about you. And they psychologically profiled these uh, individuals, and they started kind of targeting them with ads and kind of hoping to use them to help kind of influence the election. Uh, What was interesting is right after that came out, we realized and heard that, okay, yeah, back in 2012, Obama and the Democrats had done a very similar thing using all the Facebook data. And so what started coming to to kind of everyone's mind was like, we knew that this danger was lurking with all of our information going into Facebook, but now it's really real. So much so that uh, a very famous guy who runs Tesla named Elon Musk said, you know what? I may have a car that's flying through space, but I will no longer have a Facebook account. And he deleted his Facebook account this week. And so now we're all those of us who are on Facebook are kind of left kind of wondering, what, what's going on? Well, let me put this this way: Facebook knows you, like it knows you. If you're on Facebook, it may know you better than you know yourself in some ways. They run psychological experiments regularly, daily. Uh, we had this coming out from former president and former vice president saying this stuff like kind of apologizing for it and, and saying that they're, they're sorry that they're part of this. They knew what they were doing, but they did do this. And now we're realizing that all this information they have with us, they can, can use to kind of influence us. And what they want, really, what, really what, what we're hearing is they want to know you, they want to know you better. Facebook wants to know you better. Ad companies want to know you better. Companies want to know you better. Governments want to know you better. Special interest groups want to know you better. Artificial intelligence wants to know you better. And I was thinking about this idea, and Elon Musk kind of put it in a way that I'd agree with. If you think about this knowing, this way of them knowing us, it's kind of spooky, And I started thinking about this this, the level of knowledge they have about your kind of predilections, the way you go, and different things. And I realized, you know what? In some ways, it kind of worries me. But then I realized also, I'm thankful that someone knows me better. God knows me better than Facebook. God knows me in every little intimate detail of my life. God knows me from the inside out. He knows me better than than even my wife and my children and my kids. Better than Facebook, better than, than Google. God knows me. And he wants me to know him like that. He wants me to get to really know him thoroughly. And so as we come to our final installment of Lent, as we approach Good Friday, the day that our Lord laid down his life for us, we pick up in John 17, the final part of his high priestly prayer. And here we find our, our hero, Jesus, praying for us that we would know the Father better through him. John 17, 24, Father I want these whom you have given to me to be where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know that you sent me. I revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. So what does it look like if we continue to grow in God? If we continue to grow knowing God? Jesus wanted to make sure that his disciples, even as he left them, would continue to know him deeper. Continue to have God revealed to them for real. And what we learn here is that the more we know God for real, the more we love, the more we get to know real love as Christ reveals God through us and in us and to us. Father, I want these whom you have given to me to be with me where I am, then they can see all the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began. Jesus here he's longing, he's like, I wish I could take them with me. I want them to be up in the glory with me. He wants us all to be there. And someday we will be with him in his glory. But what he's, he's saying is, I want them to see the glory you gave me. Now this glory, seeing this glory means to really know God. To see this glory, which is his radiance, his beauty. We'll talk about this more in a couple of weeks. But the, the glory of God is, is God and in his infinite wonder. His infinite Power and beauty and love. And that's what he says here. This this idea that the glory of God comes in, in, in connection with the idea of the love that the Father has for him, the Son. And it's pretty amazing to me. Here again, we have Jesus declaring something that Jewish people would find rather shocking. I and the Father had this loving relationship before there even was a world. Isn't that incredible? That like God is a lover before he even made us. The Father and the Son and the Spirit in this beautiful, loving relationship, which marks who he is. He is love. And here we hear this, that if we get to know God, one thing we're gonna get to do and know is what love really is. Oh, righteous Father, The world does not know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. Jesus is saying something here that I think a lot of us find very difficult to hear. He's saying the average person doesn't know God. Now, we know in Scripture it says that that they know there is a a God. Even those who say there isn't a God, I believe truly deep in themselves have something almost like a a sixth sense. There's a a connection to God. Every single human being has. So they know deep in their soul and their heart there is a God. Now they can cover it up and they can kind of block it off. They can do whatever to to kind of stop that and say to themselves they don't know there is a God. But they, they know there is a God. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that, They don't know God. Like, most of us here, we know Justin Trudeau. We don't know Justin Trudeau. This is the type of thing he's saying. Remember who he's talking to. This isn't just an, an abstract idea. He's talking to people who are the people of God. Set aside, the Jewish people set aside from antiquity to know him and follow him, and he's saying, listen, this, this, the, the world, and he's not just talking about Gentiles, he's talking, they don't know me. They don't know God. They know things about God. I have to tell you, as a, a theologian, a scholar, a, a professor, ooh, there's nothing maybe more dangerous than knowing some things about God and not knowing God. Now, the good thing is, you can get to know lots of things about God and get to know him better through those things, but, A lot of times we kind of separate these things. I mean, they can easily turn into a game of like knowing all my theology and never really knowing God. And that's what the Pharisees had. And so here here we have Jesus putting on the line, like, look at they don't know God because they don't really know Jesus. They think they do. You know what, they were even on the right track it seemed there for a bit. Like, today is Palm Sunday. And this prayer comes not long after Palm Sunday. If you remember Palm Sunday, in John 12, he, he talks about it, he talks about, they, they come and they throw down their branches, and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the crowds are all getting excited. In fact, it says that a lot of them came out because Lazarus had been raised from the dead, and they heard this, and they're, they're coming out And they're very excited. They're coming to see their king, the the king that they thought they knew, but they didn't. And so not long after, if if you look in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 21, you have the triumphal entry. Matthew 23, you have Jesus up looking down on the city of Jerusalem, and this is what he's saying to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. You just hear this this love, this desire to know Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you don't know me like that. Do you ever meet someone and misjudge them? Maybe it's the first time you met someone and you thought they're like really kind. You're like, oh, this is great. Get to know them, you open up a bit. And it turns out, stab in the back, like actually they're they're kind of, they're jerks. They're using you. You ever had that? Like, oh, you thought you knew them. You didn't know them. Or maybe it's the opposite. You thought they were jerks. And then you come to know them you're like, oh, i not a bad person after all. I remember I, all the way back in grade four, my first day at a new school. And I'm kind of coming in, oh, I'm, I'm scared. I'm a little lanky and kind of frightened. And, and I come into this new school and I'm trying to oh, okay, make some friends and stuff. And you instantly kind of know who's popular who's not. And, and there's this one popular guy and he's like, oh, and, he, and he says to this other guy, like, you should fight him. And he's like, the guy's like, okay. And so me and this guy fight. And it, was, it kind of came to a standstill. It was all done and stuff. But the guy, the, the guy that I met that day and I fought ended up becoming one of my closest friends at the school. We got to like, go to his house all the time and, and play hockey and stuff. His mom makes his Kool-Aid and stuff. And he's like, thought you were a jerk. And I, well, actually, we're friends. Have you ever had that where you, you, you misjudge someone? That's exactly what's going on with Israel. And Jesus like, oh, they think they know him? And when they realize who he is, then they kind of turn into jerks. You never know, but God knows. And, and God wants to know us. You hear that longing? as like, Jerusalem, I just want, I want you to know me. I want to be known by you. So many people think they know God, but, but they don't. They, they don't realize there is a whole other level of depth of knowledge of God that's open there for us. It's always there because God is infinite. You can get to know God. This is something that I, I wrap my head around. I will never know God completely. I, I look forward to an eternity of like every day getting to you know some new piece of him and being overwhelmed by it and excited by it. And then it's not ever going to get to ever exhaust the infinite resources of his love and his goodness. That's, this is the reality of who God is. And Jesus says, the world doesn't know God, but I do. It's a bold statement. I know God. He says that I revealed you, God, to the ones I love. And if you think about it, if you you know the scriptures, if you follow the story of Jesus, like he shows God. He shows God in his grace. You get to know God's humility. You get to know God in his strength and in his power. In his his miracles and his sermons, Jesus is showing God. In his tears and his laughter. Jesus helps humanity to get to know God like never before and never since. There's still no better depiction of God in the entire world than the picture of Jesus in the scriptures. So, you want to get to know God? Read the scriptures. Get to know Jesus. In Jesus, like even the Gentiles get to know God. The, the tax collectors get to know God. The prostitutes and Everyone has a chance to get to know God in Jesus. Jesus reveals that God, getting to know God, getting to, to love God, this is all about like living a life together in a conversation. If you want to know God, you have to realize you are going to continually to get to know God as you converse with him, your spirit with his spirit, your heart with his heart, your mind with his mind. This, this dialogue Last night, uh, Megan and I went out for dinner for one of her her good friends' birthday parties. And we had, uh, there was a number of people there. Some people I kind of knew, like you've seen them before at other birthday parties, but you know how you kind of don't really talk to people and you've kind of seen each other through other friends? But this time we're kind of sitting at a table and we're directly across from each other. And it was really interesting just, and you start to have a proper conversation. You start to get to know someone. We didn't really know each other well. We we kind of did, but but now you are starting to get this conversation going and I'm I'm learning things about him that I'm I'm very excited about like his work. I'm like, "Oh," and then I start talking about that. "Oh, like I have this friend that works here. Well, that, I know him. And we, oh, we're both, that's our friend. That's our friend who got up on stage with YouTube because he's part of YouTube cover band back in Toronto last week. All these weird connections. He's like, oh, oh, oh. And then you start talking about things about your, your idea of, you know, your fears of the future for your children. Facebook. You start to talk about uh, your relationships. And, and you start to realize, like, now I'm starting to get to know this person. I know this person more. I could say, like, I know them a bit. And that's how life means. When we're talking about knowing someone, a person, this is a lifelong thing. And here's what Jesus says. I have revealed you, and I'll continue to do so. Oh, that's a sweet promise. It's not just like a one-off, boom, boom, oh, I confess to you, thanks, God, I know you now, thanks for the salvation. No, this is like, I get to know you Deeper. Day by day, I had this opportunity. This, this sense, Jesus is like, What are you going to reveal to me about God now? That is a, a powerful idea. This, the depth of the knowledge that is available to us. And so Jesus is saying, We're in conversation with God. And He's helping us in this conversation. He continues to reveal to us who God is. How? How? We talked about scripture, but another way is, is the Holy Spirit. The fact that we have, it says, it says right here in scripture, he talks about that I will live in them. Right? We actually have the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit within us. And as we walk through our days, you ever have those times you're kind of just, you're, you're walking along and you're thinking about things and all of a sudden just something goes on in your heart, like boom. And you're like, oh, I need to clean that up or... I never thought about that, but yeah, that's probably true, or, or God kind of just, you, hear, you start to realize that God actually loves me despite this stuff, or other truths, like God just kind of puts on you, when you're, you're, you could be driving, you could be eating a burger, it could be anything, it's like, whoa, where'd that come from? That's the Holy Spirit of God helping reveal to you more about who God is. Our relationship with God is not a a once-and-done relationship, a a meet-and-greet. It's a a continuing conversation. We are still getting to know God. Do you remember that? Like, oh, I want to learn more. It reminds me of of my relationship with my wife. And one of the the cool parts is still growing and knowing each other. If I was just kind of like, okay, that's good. I would miss so much of who she is of how much that she offers to me. I'm learning so much in the last few weeks. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, wow, I'm more lucky than I realized, more blessed than I realized. That's part of what we're talking about, this idea of God. And what the result is, as you get to know God in this way, just as you get to know your spouse in this way, it says, then your love will be in them, and I will be in them. Love is the result of Knowledge. Well, we know this in scriptures when it says he knew his wife. It doesn't mean like he just knew who she was. Like intimate. And sometimes I think we get this idea of knowing and loving kind of separate. But for God to are together. Actually, if you even think about philosophy, a lot of times we think philosophy is this cold, logical, separate things. But really what it means is love of wisdom. There's this is passion. Any true person that has any true wisdom is, is in love with it. If you just know things about you're in a dangerous position. You know things about your wife, but you don't know her in that love. You know things about your husband, but you don't know. This is, this is the, the reality. You know things about God, but you don't know God. You don't know his love. There's so much more. There's so much more that he wants to give to us. The more my kids get to know me, the the more they love me. The more I get to know my kids, the more I love them. The more I get to know my God, the more I love him. If we say we know God, but we don't have love, we are liars. That's what John says. He writes that just a little bit later in life. It's a hard word, but it's a true word. So when Facebook gets to know us, They know facts about us. They can probably figure out some of our psychology. But they don't know your heart. God's different. God knows your heart. The good and the bad of it, he searches your heart out. And he loves you despite that. So I have to ask, do you know God? Do you really know God? I was, of course, having to ask myself that question this week. And you know what? I started praying about it and I, I, I kind of put out a hesitant, like a squeak of a yes, yes. I Yes, I, I do know God a bit. I, and I do love God a bit. And that felt kind of good because like, oh, it's a good thing, I, and I feel happy about that. And then, and then I kind of got, just got hit. Remember talking about the spirit talking to you, and then a harder question hit my heart. And He's like, "Do you know me as much as you could have?" Uh, I get the the positive response cannot be forthcoming because so I, I can think about the times when I could have known him a little better, and I and I didn't. There's times when I, when I cut the conversation short. with them. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to know that. I kind of turned my back on that. Maybe I've just been distracted. I mean, I mean it, it, can you even do the same as you think about your loved one? Like, did you, Do I know my wife as much as I could? I'm like, oh, like, I, you know what? I probably could have, could have done some things better. But the good thing is that I have this opportunity right now. To keep that going and growing up, and that's what God's saying is like, just keep going. I want to know you. Just realize that you couldn't know me better, but, but now you, you realize that you can even know me better than now. I can keep growing and growing. This is the offer He's given to us. You have a chance to know him better even today. To truly be known and truly be loved. Because if I'm honest, I think that's probably the thing that I desire most of my life. That's why I'm so, I, I love my wife, I love my family, because I, I, I want to be known and I want to be loved. And God is the only one who can truly love me completely and fully. God is the only one who can completely know me completely and fully. And He gives me wonderful blessings like a family to, to be part of that so I can have it concrete and physical. But God's love, so much more than what I treat it like sometimes. Here's a promise from Jesus, that, that God knows us, he loves us, he wants us to get to know him better. Not just be acquaintances. I've lived a few years in my life, and I'm just acquaintances with Jesus. Like, oh, Any true friendship can always get deeper, and that's what I want. So how do we get there? i begin to realize for me, it's coming down to, to one thing especially. I know there's all the, the love languages and I, and I really appreciate those. But I think this is one that I can kind of, if I focus on this one, it's gonna help the other ones come into to contact. It's, it's time. It's quality time. So I wanna get to know God. I gotta spend time with God. And the good thing is he, he's always there. So I can, but it means I have to actually give him that time. Kind of, be aware of his presence at that time. Think about it, I have the opportunity to get to know the ultimate mystery. That's incredible. Humans have wanted to know the ultimate mystery. And and we're we're hearing Jesus say, get to know me, you will know. That which was before time began. The maker of the universe, the power that, that courses through everything I think I need to give that a little bit more time, a little bit more sufficient time in my life, time to read his word and reflect. We heard Shogo preach a few weeks ago about how he he wanted to uh, uh, make sure that we understood the idea of sanctification because we're sanctified by his truth. That truth is the scriptures. As you open up the scriptures, there's an opportunity every day to be face to face with God. And let him speak into your life. And we have time to to actually speak with him. Pour our hearts out to him. And recognize through the spirit he can can speak into us if if we take the time to listen. Prayer, it's it's not just about talking to God, which is a big part of it. But I remember uh, my wife and I coming back from Boston and we sat in the car for like two hours just completely quiet. You know what? I got to know her and, and love her a little bit more in that time. I know for sure she loved me a lot more in that time. Was... But there's sometimes just sitting with God. Practically for me, this is actually, I'm learning, I need, I need to work on my time wasters. Which is gonna mean, for me, a bit cutting down on Facebook. This is a week wake-up call this week. is kind of like, You don't know me like that, Facebook. God knows me like that. So what takes you away from God? What takes you away from from knowing him and loving him? Because he's got your back. He doesn't hold grudges. He's just waiting for you. As your back's turned Him, he's just waiting to turn around. I pray that Jesus' prayer here will continue to be answered in, in, in our lives. And as we grow with him, we'll continue to know him, and he'll continue to reveal God to him, and we'll learn to love like God loves because we have grown to know him. When it comes to knowing God better, another thing I, I kind of recognizing is um, I can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. Do you notice when, when Jesus is talking, he's talking to, to his little spiritual family. And they, they needed each other. Like I, I need to be here with others. I, I, and I look at Jack and I'm like, oh, I can learn a little bit more about God, right? Sarah, I learned a little bit more about God. And so I love the, the idea that, that Christ gave us this picture, this symbol, this More taste. He says, gather around the table together. If you want to get to know God, we got to get to come to Jesus together. There's something about doing it as a group that allows my heart to, to see a little bit more of him, to know him deeper. And so Christ is taking bread. He says, I love you so much. I want you to know God so deeply that I am going to allow my body to be broken for you. I love you so much. I want to know you so deeply that I'm gonna pour out my blood so the love of God can course through your veins. So as we gather around the table today, Let's take this moment, this opportunity to actually allow God to reveal himself to us so that we will know him and we will know his love. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for the gift of your son. As we approach this Holy Week, we remember what he's done. He, He died for us. I pray for those who are being baptized, Lord God. Thank you for the picture, the example of what it means to be washed clean of our sins and arise again in the power of the resurrection. We thank you that through Jesus we have a chance to know God. We ask as we gather around this table today that each one of us will allow your spirit to penetrate and work into our hearts. Show us where it is that we can open ourselves up and truly spend the time to get to know you and get to love you.